Welcome to Roaming West River, the podcast that takes you on a journey through South Dakota's wonders. In this podcast, we'll be exploring the best of South Dakota, from the iconic Mount Rushmore to the rugged beauty of the Badlands. Join us as we discover hidden gems and explore the great outdoors. Whether you're a seasoned traveler or a curious first-timer, this podcast is for you. So pack your bags, grab your hiking boots, and come along for a ride as we discover the wonders of South Dakota. Welcome to our second episode of Roaming West River. I am your co-host, Miranda. And I'm Jeff. Happy to be back with you with a few things to add about our initial Mount Rushmore adventure. So, Jeff, real quick, before jumping into our episode today, I did want to mention that I did watch North by Northwest. Um, It was pretty cool seeing all the scenes uh, that you mentioned in our last episode episode so um specifically where roger who that's cary grant he's shot in the cafe and then they load his body into an ambulance or a station wagon it's like a green looking ambulance both of those were actually filmed at um, mount rushmore and so I, i love stuff like that so i want to be sure to include that um and by the way those shots are actually on our website and our social media profiles so All right. You've been on quite the adventure lately, Jeff, with all your tours, huh? Right. I had a a group of 11 ladies out of Minnesota and we did, I did, well, actually three days with them. Day one was Badlands. Then they went back to their lodge out in the middle of the state, came back with a few of the same ladies and a whole different group. And we did Mount Rushmore and Crazy Horse. We did Deadwood and Spearfish Canyon. And the final day was the big hit. when I could get them out of their shopping adventures, we headed up and found all the bison. You couldn't have had the bison more perfect than they were on that day. Hundreds of them, the babies, the dads, the moms. It was great. Yeah, they sounded like a really fun group of ladies to take around to. Um, yeah, they were. The, uh, they come out of Thunderstick Lodge, which is the middle of the state. I think they, it's another travel group. Um, Beatrice Bradley, I think, is their group. Okay, so back to our current episode. Last time you mentioned you prefer morning visits to Mount Rushmore. I do, I do. Um, I, well, any time is good, but I feel the earlier, the better, in my opinion. Because Borglum carved the guys facing the morning sun, and I think the views and photographs are the best in the morning. And also, uh, generally, there's less wind in the morning and what a great way to start your day or your tour or your vacation yeah it sounds like it um i have read about the night light uh, lighting sorry excuse me the night lighting ceremony at mount rushmore i've not experienced it though have you done that before i I have i've been there many times um like taking a lot of people to this event but i have not done it for a number of years there were some renovations at mount rushmore a few years ago they redid the sidewalks the avenue flags were redone the amphitheater was redone so the flags are better now it's wider some polished granite but during that time it wasn't the same ceremony you couldn't get up to where you needed to be and we kind of stopped doing that and also i'm really busy on my daytime excursion so it would make a long day to be up there till 10 10 30. so i've not been in a few years anyway right what do the folks experience while they're at the night lighting ceremony though yeah sure so you try and come there you know an hour or so before sundown so you can show them the same things i would show them in the daytime the list of names uh, get some pictures before it's 
completely dark, uh, the avenue of flags, perhaps they want to do the trail that you talked about last time, or the museum underneath, use the restrooms. And then I like to escort the folks to the amphitheater to find a seat. And when the actual night lighting begins, it's complete darkness. A ranger will emerge at a little stage down there and he or she will give some kind of talk to the audience. And then they usually, they used to, I don't know what they're doing currently, but they, they play a, a film. And usually this is biographical information on the four gentlemen up on the mountain. So let's say they're discussing Tom Jefferson's accomplishments. The spotlight would be on Tom Jefferson. And then as they talk about Abe, then the spotlight would go on Abe. And then generally when that's over, they'll recognize veterans, have them rise and perhaps sing the national anthem. And so, um, and it, usually this is available Memorial weekend through the end of September. Gotcha. Okay. The, that sounds super interesting. My husband and I were there this past weekend and we were discussing maybe trying to make it to one of the ceremonies. It sounds just really neat. So I'm sure we'd really enjoy it. Um, we'll have to check that out. Okay. I think we're ready to hit Iron Mountain Road and get back into the meat of the episode. All right, let's go. So now you're in the area, folks. If you're in the area, the maps will not call it Iron Mountain Road generally, it's 16A. And the signs in the area usually read 16A. So keep that in mind. So if you're starting from downtown Rapid City, it's called Mount Rushmore Road or 8th Street. So in some parts it's 8 and some it's Mount Rushmore, same street. So you follow that to the south. And as you leave Rapid City, it changes to Highway 16 and it will take you right up to the town of Keystone and right up to Mount Rushmore Road. Okay, so 16A equals Iron Mountain Road then, right? Yep, yep. Okay. And so, same thing. And it is just uphill from Keystone or downhill from Mount Rushmore. So from Highway 16, turn left onto 16A. If you want to go to Mount Rushmore first, which I often do, then turn out of Rushmore. So you're leaving Rushmore, you want to go back to this place, go downhill towards Keystone and turn right on 16A. When I traveled with you the other day, we went 16A, also known as Iron Mountain Road, just prior to spending time at Rushmore, right? We did. And that is my preferred method. Uh, there's several ways to do this. Why do you prefer to do it that way, though? Um, well, there's more ways to do this. So what I like to do is... Um, this I'll just call it option one. So my most common way is we're, we're going to Mount Rushmore on Crazy Horse that day. So I'm coming from Rapid City. I tell them the Mount Rushmore story that we shared last episode. And if I timed my story right, as we enter Keystone, I usually have completed that story. And the folks are very excited to see this bucket list excursion. And if you come around through the town, you, you know, you'll, you're coming around the corner and I'll say, okay, look up there. And there you see them from about two miles away. And people get excited and they ooh and they ah, And then they disappear because you're below the hill and trees in the way. So they're all excited. Oh, let's get up there. So I tell them, I want to show you something first. So we turn on. 16a and we're driving through the ponderosa pines growing out of these rocks that are two billion years old and then you hit this bridge you drive under this spiral bridge and then up and around it and do you recall cc gideon yes i do he took the president president coolidge fly fishing for trout in the creek that did 
state stopped, right? He's also the one that built the state game lodge. Right, right. Okay. So this is where Coolidge stayed for the summer of 27. But I, any baseball fans out there that are listening today, also the summer of Babe Ruth, 60 home runs and 27 Yankees were pretty famous. But anyway, um, when Coolidge departed and chose not to run in 28, the work progressed on the Shrine of Democracy. So Gideon, the builder of the game lodge, the fisherman, also worked at Mount Rushmore. And his name is on that list that I talked about. In the 30s, he was used on Iron Mountain Road. He's the builder of the three spiral bridges that we call the pigtail bridges of Iron Mountain Road. So the first one coming this direction is sort of medium size with very little. When you go around it, you know, I'll point. I'll say, OK, look up there for half a second. You can see the top of George's head. And some people, oh, I saw it. And they get excited. But you continue through the cool piney woods. And shortly you go into the second and the largest of the three bridges. And when you spiral around that one, when you get up all almost all fully around. You can point to all four. They can all see them, but they're right through some beautiful birch trees. And most people are impressed and they're excited. And then just as I pass bridge number two, there's a very narrow secluded back road, very seldom used. It's not marked. I know where it goes, so I turn on this one. If you do this, folks, go very cautiously. It's two-way traffic. It's very narrow. You come to a fork, go left, and the road then re-enters Iron Mountain Road above the two tunnels. So the people in my vehicle, they don't, I haven't told them there's tunnels or they haven't seen them yet. And so now as we approach the tunnel named in order, in honor, excuse me, of, of Gideon, I point out the drill marks on the side of the tunnel. Of course, they're looking through the tunnel. And I generally say something like, hey, all these tunnels frame Mount Rushmore. So now they're looking further through the tunnel. There's no Mount Rushmore there. <laughs> and I play kind of stupid. Oh, sorry, you got to look out the back. And then it generally sounds like they just saw fireworks. And they look, you know, you're looking from a very dark tunnel. And if it's a sunny morning at the end, it's this white granite, uh, the illuminated monument. Yeah, I noticed when I traveled with you last time, you nudged me and you said, watch this. And then the guests, when they saw the tunnel, they were super amazed. And then you just really smiled. <laughs> yeah, well, we are a simple people. But I, I do like to make people smile. And it, it, it's really easy with the sights we have to show them here. I would agree. It really doesn't matter how many times I see Mount Rushmore through the tunnels. I'm always in awe when I see them again. It's like seeing them for the first time all over. <laughs> so then we exit that tunnel and we see the smaller pigtail bridge. So there's the three little pigtail bridges. There's a small one, a medium one, and a large one. And we head downhill and then oh, a mile or so down there, there's another tunnel in honor of Doan Robinson. He's also known as the father of Mount Rushmore. He was our state historian. He's the one that said we should carve these Wild West figures. So you're turning left as you get close to this tunnel. Well, now there's no surprise. They know the tunnel holds this, but it's even better than the first one. You're closer than you were at Gideon's tunnel and the faces are right in front of them. So sometimes I stop and they get out. Sometimes because they're standing in the Jeeps or the convertible tops, they just uh, continue. You know, they stand up and take pictures as we go through or do their little eye movies, things like that. Uh, so even though it's just a short ride, what a way to start before Mount Rushmore. So now they really want to get up there. 
But wait, I thought Iron Mountain Road was designed to go to Custer State Park, not Mount Rushmore. Right. You're right. I- indeed it was. So so that was option one, the three pigtails, two tunnels. So option two, and often people may not want a long day of driving. Maybe they're not doing Mount Rushmore with us or, or another company. And so maybe they just want to do Custer State Park and, and Iron Mountain Road and those things and go see the bison. So I like to include Iron Mountain Road and um, the needles with the bison. And I still want to share my Rushmore story, sort of like like Sheldon on Big Bang, where if you don't get that, I, I have to tell my story. So um, anyway, um, so um, if, if we went to Rushmore first and we're heading down Iron Mountain, then it's Pigtail 1, Pigtail 2, Dome Robinson Tunnel, Pigtail 3, the Gideon Tunnel, and then up to Norbex Overlook. Now, I don't recall, did you do that with me or did we just do option one? We did option one, the th- just the three pigtails and the two tunnels. Okay. So you after you go through um, Gideon's Tunnel and you're following the road and it's all beautiful. I mean, if you know where to point, you can point to Black Elk Peak and there's a big chunk of rose quartz on the side of one hill and there's beautiful pine trees and rocks. But that Iron Mountain Road goes to the top of Iron Mountain. And at the very top of this, there is a monument in honor of former governor and U.S. Senator Peter Norbeck. So remember, he created Custer State Park, Needles Highway, Iron Mountain Road, instrumental in securing funding for Mount Rushmore. So you get to the top, there's a little parking lot, short walk on a path to look across and slightly down to Mount Rushmore. So you're slightly, you're higher in elevation than Rushmore. And you look down and there's a great view across over there at uh, Mount Rushmore and also Black Oak Peak. So you leave there, you turn left and there's a monument and it's a sharp curve with traffic. So it's not a great place to stop and get out. But if they look, Peter Norbeck's monument is on your right and he's looking down at Mount Rushmore on the left and it's spectacular. Um, yeah, I love that little stop right off the road um, where it has a little pathway that you can go out to look at the, over, the right. it's not the yeah. overlook, but um, yeah. the view is breathtaking. There's a lot of great spots to take pictures with Mount Rushmore in the background too. So, so yeah, so a little a story about that. So a number of years ago, probably five years ago. So folks, here's, here's something I would write down. South Dakota 511. So the website is SD for South Dakota, SD space 511. That's the Department of Transportation website. It's got all the construction in South Dakota. It's got all the DOT cameras along the way. So if you want to see what's the weather up near Mount Rushmore, you click on the camera. So I had done that one day before I was going to pick up two gentlemen from the United Kingdom who were up staying up in Keystone. And unfortunately, everything was fogged in. So when I picked up Peter and Graham, I fine gentlemen, uh, very mature guys. And, and uh, I said, I'm sorry, guys, it's all fogged in. There's... I, Trust me, we're not going to see anything. Let's go down Iron Mountain Road and I'll try and find the bison for you. Come back later in the afternoon. Maybe it'll clear up. Whatever you say, Jeff. And so we headed up there and we got to Norbeck's Overlook. And honest to goodness, we were up above the fog. Everything was shrouded in a blanket of fog except the four heads were sticking up out of the fog. So you looked down at Rushmore. You couldn't see the parking lot. You couldn't see the forest, but the four heads. 
and I don't know if it was Peter or Graham, but he turned to me and he said, well done, Jeffrey. And I turned and said, yes, that was, that was all me. And so, I, and I remember, I said, I think the sun is out, it's going to break up. We drove back to Rushmore, the fog went away, and we saw it, and then we finished our day. So it was, a well, almost always a very fun day. So. Yeah, that is a great resource for winter weather. The SD511 is, there's also an app for it too. I've used that frequently, especially in the winter time, but it, it tells you road conditions and construction and road closures and all that kind of stuff too. So yeah. um, thank you for pointing that out. Okay, let's get back onto Iron Mountain Road. So one other thing on SD 511, you can swing over to the west part of the state and zoom in. And so all these roads, I know you, you can find them, I think. Yeah, right. there's the cameras too, the which cameras is a, a yeah, huge, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's huge. Okay. So, okay, back at uh, uh, Norbex Overlook, you're at the summit. So as you continue, they designed a switchback road to go down the other side. And um, why so, did they design the road like that? Well, you're Fairly high elevation. It's a rather steep descent, so the the road will kind of um, zig to the right and zag to the left, to and fro, so you don't have such a terrible, you know, a sharp drop. That off. makes sense. But yeah. the cool thing here is when you take those left turns, you look east out across the vast prairie to the Badlands, and on those clear days when we don't have the Canadian smoke or or, <laughs> right. or fog or things like that. You can literally see to the edge of the Badlands, 60, 70 miles away. And then you zig to the right, and there's Mount Rushmore. And then you go left again, and there's the Badlands. Then you go right again, and there's Mount Rushmore. So you're seeing Rushmore several times from all different angles. And it's not the greatest place to stop. It's There's two-way traffic. It's a windy road. But you, it's a great experience. I mean, sometimes you got to put down the camera and look at look out there yeah it is a beautiful road for sure i'm sure that um the the zigs and the zags is part of the draw for the motorcyclist during the summer too like all those switchbacks with the previews i do have a friend who is an avid rider and she says that iron mountain road going towards mount rushmore is her absolute favorite road to ride in nice weather and she's lived her her whole life so okay so now let's get back onto the road all right um, so after you finish the, the, the switchbacks and straightens out again, there's one last tunnel named for Scoble Johnson. And he was an engineer of the Needles Highway. He also helped create Sylvan Lake. And so on Iron Mountain Row, I think he was a surveyor. And um, so that would be three pigtails and then three tunnels if you did it that way. So the road twists and turns past Lakota Lake. And finally, there's a pull-in. 10, 12 miles from Mount Rushmore. So you can pull in there and you're looking from the east back at Mount Rushmore to the west. And it's much, much smaller. You're farther away, but it's it's really, um, you know, a great view. So I highly recommend option one and two. Option three, which is recommended in some of the guidebooks, like your motorcycle friend said, you're, you're coming from Custer State Park and you're doing gradual up. So if you're just riding, it, you know, I, I know why the motorcycles go that way. It, it is a good ride. So, and I have done it that way on tour also. They're all good, but I'm just, the way I'm doing it is I'm trying to show people Rushmore, the park, all these things and, and kind of be efficient, you know. So anyway, um, so eventually as we come down, Miranda, we hit the intersection of Playhouse Road and Iron Mountain Road. And at this juncture, you would decide, do you want to go up to the Needles Highway or do you want to go down to the east entrance of the park and then go look for the bison? Um, 
Jeff, I think that would be a great starting point for our next episode when we have to decide which way we're going to go into Custer State Park. So either we're going to start at the lower elevation and head into the park or go to Needles Highway and then enter the park at a higher elevation. Well, you'll have time to think about it then. So. (laughs) So let's stop there and pick up with that next time. But before we finish this episode, let's talk real quick about how all of our approximately 3 million visitors get to Rushmore. Can you elaborate on that for us? I mean, not everybody is touring, right? No, 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 no. So most people are coming on their own. They're self-guided travelers. Um, and there, there some some use tours like the big bus companies, and some use small tours. Some go private, um, you know. So we have small groups, or you can go private with us. So typically, most companies of the smaller tours they have vans or cars. We also have vans, but we have a wide variety of vehicles. So some convertible tops, hence our name, opened up. Uh, we have jeeps, we have enclosed buses, and you know, for bad weather, and even we have a bus with a convertible top. So lots of options there. What do you see as the advantages and disadvantages of each? Well, obviously, if you're on your own, you can do whatever you want for as long or short as you want. The downside is you're not from here. And unless you did a lot of research, you you might miss some of the history or recommendations or those hidden gems we've been talking about. So it might be a little bit cheaper. Um, then you have the big bus tours. So a couple, uh, there's a company called Globus and they're worldwide caravan, Trafalgar, and local bus companies. And so there's many of those and they do a nice job. So my wife and I, we did a bus tour in Ireland a few years ago, well, last year, and very comfy seats and typically very solid guides with solid info. So they may or may not do little side adventures that we've been talking about. They do stick to a schedule, so there's less flexibility. Um, common adventure for a big bus might be something like you fly into Rapid City, you're going to do the big bus tour here, and they'll go Rushmore Crazy Horse. And then the next day you're heading west to Cody and out to Yellowstone. So the downside, I see it at the big groups, is a little less freedom of the daily schedule. So, you know, if you're, if the guide says, okay, be back to the bus at 1030 and Aunt Frida goes to the gift shop at 1027, then either you all wait for Frida or Frida gets left behind. Right. Right. And the big buses can't go through all those awesome tunnels on Iron Mountain Road either, which is the dis- which is a huge disadvantage for sure. Right. Okay. So what about the small groups? Um, well, the personalized service and then finding the hidden gems, the stories and history and so forth we like to share. So we can cater to the needs, particularly if they upgrade to a private tour. And often in the spring and fall. So, so if any of you are the tour company operators out there, maybe don't listen to this part, but <laughs> here's a hidden gem for you. People. If it's spring or fall or off season, oftentimes de facto, you're the only ones there and you get upgraded to private without really paying for that. Um, um, so, and then I think the other thing is, you know, you if you're on your own, you might save some money, but you're paying for the gas and the entry fees and the lunches, and we're providing what we think is a very efficient route. Right. So um, efficient route, though, can you explain what that, what you mean by that? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So very often uh, I'm on a tour waiting for folks and I sit somewhere and I do a lot of people watching and people, because I'm wearing the magical lanyard, they think wherever I am, I work there and they come and ask for advice. I just tell them what I think. I, I mean, I'm happy to share. So 
people ask for assistance. Like I met Rushmore and I said, well, have you, have you seen Iron Mountain Road? They don't know what it is. So I tell them how to get there and so on. Or they might say, yeah, we don't know whether to go to Crazy Horse or Badlands. And I said, well, one of them's fairly close and one's a long ways away. So folks, what I'm saying here is from Rapid City, the Badlands are to the east. Rushmore and Crazy Horse and Custer Park are southwest and Deadwood is north. It's not a good idea to try and do all those in one day. We have vast spaces. So my boss, often when he talks to folks on the phone, he'll offer to send them a Google map to do the self-tours if they're coming from a certain direction. So, for example, if they say, hey, we're coming to do Rushmore with you guys. We're coming from Chicago. Oh, you're coming from the east. Do you want a map? And you can do the Badlands on the way. And a lot of people really appreciate that. So Yeah. Do you mind sharing a few companies in our area that do the smaller, more intimate tours? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So there's a small, uh, there's a company out of Rapid City called Affordable Adventures, run by a nice lady named Anne. Good experience. They've been around a long time. And um, her guides will show you about and do a lot of the things that we've been talking about. Uh, I like a, another company called GeoFunTrek. So that is just two people. So John and his wife, Cindy, are highly educated and lots of info. And they come out of Keystone. So one's out of Rapid, one, but they'll both go both places. So uh, both Affordable Adventures and GeoFunTrek do similar things to what we do. Uh, we all have our little nuances. So um, uh, the Open Top that I work for and the others, there are other groups in the hills as well. There's a couple up in the Sturgis lead area. There's a guy down in Custer also. Wow, there are many ways to travel and see all of the wonders of South Dakota, especially West River. Thank you, Jeff, for the awesome tips and history, plus all the other information on Iron Mountain Road. It was my pleasure. So, Roma and Miranda. All right. Thank you to our listeners for joining us on Roaming West River as we journey down Iron Mountain Road from Mount Rushmore towards Custer State Park. I would also like to thank everyone who has reviewed and shared our podcast. Don't forget to check out our show notes. All of our social media accounts are linked there and you can find pictures and videos posted there as well. Look for episode number three, which will be available very soon. Until then, Ramon friends.